I'm going live. Do it. We are live. Live. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Function Call, a show about web development and having fun and making friends and talking about life. Uh, On the show, we got Grant Glidewell, Mr. Glidewellian. You tried. You tried. I didn't try very hard. Well, try harder next time. Hello, yes, hey, my I name is Grant. Try harder. I got an A. Yeah, those easy A's. They're just a demotivator, aren't they? You know, I I was one of the kids in school that I didn't have to really try very hard. I'm not saying I was smart. I just, I don't know, I was able to just retain the, the knowledge that I needed. You could get by with um, low effort. Yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. And that was... Uh, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because I don't. I feel pretty good about how my life has turned out. So, yeah, it was kind yeah, of the same way. But I, I, uh, I decided, hey, if I can get by with low effort, what happens if I put in absolutely none? Um, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work so well. By the way, no, no, no. Yeah, I think you know what it was. Is I was very friendly with my teachers. That's very charming. Charming teachers, Pat. Mm. Okay, yeah. No, I hated your kind. I was like, depending on the teacher. No, see, I wasn't a suck up. I wasn't a suck up or a teacher's pet. I wouldn't say that. I was actually like a class clown. Uh, And in order to get in order to to get away with my shenanigans, I had to like, you know, basically ride the line of like going too far and then like coming back and just. You know, oh, come on. You, you know, you, was, you like Oh, and then just, yep, you'd use that smile and yeah. they would just let it slide. Yeah, see, I I didn't get away with stuff quite that much. And I was highly confrontational with teachers that were mm. discounted the intellect of teenage kids. Um, I really had a hard time with that. Um, and this specifically high school. Um yeah, middle school, high school, rough years, rough years. Um, yeah. But I eventually I found a continuation school. Uh, this is for kids that are like kicked out of normal schools. Um, and at the continuation school, the teachers uh, actually f- gave a shit. Uh, they, mm. they took an interest in the kids that they worked with and uh, worked with them at their level. Which, you know, they, they had the opportunity to because they weren't overwhelmed with like a, a 30 to 1 ratio. But, you know, they're, uh, I found it to be much more effective. I've, I've never been a huge fan of education. I mean, even, even thinking about like my kid going to school, I'm like, God, I hope he just really wants to leave because I want to co-sign that so quick. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting, especially like bringing this all back to, to tech real quick. Mm. Um, it's interesting the conversations around schooling or like traditional education or being self-taught or going into like a boot camp, which I guess would equi- would be like the equivalent of um, like a trade school. Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. I think people people that ask those questions, like, oh, do you think it's worth it to get a CS degree or just go to a boot camp or, like, be self-taught? It's like, man, at the end of the day, there's so many variables for each person that some people are going to thrive going to school. Like, I'm, I'm really glad that I went to school. I didn't get a CS degree. My degree has nothing to do with the work that I do today, you know, but uh, it was a very enriching experience. And I got to play soccer and make some friends and have a lot of fun and learn some interesting things that, you know, you do seem like a soccer player. You seem like you would really enjoy soccer. I really, I still really enjoy soccer. I love it. (laughs) Although I don't play competitive anymore because those years are long, long gone. Yeah. 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 But pickup's good. (laughs) So anyway, how's your week going? Man, before we get into this show, it's a rough week. It's a rough week, and it has directly to do with uh, the topic on the show. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. as as anybody knows who who works in the industry, or if you don't work in the industry yet and you aspire to, just know you're going to have weeks pre-launch, uh, and they're they're rough weeks. They just mm-hmm. uh, are you in like a, a crunch week? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're preparing to launch a, a huge number of added features. Uh, one of one of which mm-hmm. includes internationalization. Um, which is oh wow! Uh, I would have expected y'all to already have that. We do, but not in our uh, current product. And I, mm. I don't want to dig too much into that because I'm not sure what I am and I'm not allowed to say. So, uh, whoa, Mister Important over here! Dang, flexing. I just don't know, man. Like, I don't want to get fired over <laughs> saying something yeah, dumb no, on my podcast. Safe, safe, safe move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I spent this week um, getting to know uh, the crawl space under our house very intimately. Um, so, uh, aren't there water moccasins in your area? Like, this terrifies me. What's that? Aren't there water moccasins uh, up in that area? Or those are only in the deep south. Never mind. I'm so scared of snakes. I've, I have no idea. No, we don't have a lot of moccasins. You do have rattlesnakes up there, though. No, no, but we do have a ton of. Well, maybe we do, but uh, we do have a ton of rats. We or we had a ton of rats. Man, our crawl space was like covered in rat poop. We had to go down so many times just to clean out stuff. And then, like, first you're cleaning up turds, and then you know that there's like turd residue and urine and stuff. And whatever other, you know, rats are disease-carrying animals sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so we're down there with, like, bleach and, like, spraying stuff. And then there's, like, we have to get the whole, like, I, I started calling it the meth lab. Like, we're going back down to the meth lab. Because literally we, we suit up with mm-hmm. full, like, white coveralls. Yep. Those, like, super long uh, rubber or whatever gloves. Like dish gloves, gloves. yeah. Yeah, we've got the big old goggles and the full-on, like, you know, like we're spray-painting art or whatever. A respirator. Uh, respirator mask. Yeah. Bright pink. Nice. Yeah. And some headlamps. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time. And we'll be doing a bit more down there this uh, this weekend. So, yeah. I'm glad you're getting it cleaned up. I, I hope uh, you're finding some way to, like, keep them out of there or distract them and give them a home somewhere else yeah we haven't seen anything moving around and it's not a huge crawl space so i don't think that there's anything there anymore we found a couple of the holes that they would have gotten in through and we've patched them so okay pretty sure we're good that's cool that's anyway yeah so so yeah you had a you had an interesting week at work Crunch week. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us tell us a bit about what uh, the show is going to be about today? Today we are going to talk about what I think is a a, a really bad meme. I I think it is, uh, it's it's a point of pride for some people. Uh, this this meme and what I'm talking about is if you've ever been on uh, a website like like Reddit uh, and you've been on like uh, the programmer humor subreddit, there's this like very repetitive theme in the memes on there of like, I fixed it and I have no idea what I did to fix it. Or there's this bug, um, that I didn't do anything and it just disappeared and now it works fine. There's, there's almost this, Mm. it's like, and it is kind of funny. Like I get that. And these things do happen from time to time, like in very complex applications where there's a lot of people committing code to it. Um, it's, it's hard to really track down the why of every single thing. And sometimes to be frank, it just doesn't matter. Um, but I, I've really had a tough time this week, um, specifically with like, so, I work for a bigger company. We have the benefit of having uh, QA and they are engineers in their own right. And what they find um, sometimes is very surface level. Um, and so we will get reports from them uh, that just say, hey, this thing doesn't work. 
And other times we will get very in-depth, very good um, analysis of, hey, this is uh, what I'm seeing visually. This is the request. And this is the response that I get from the back end that I think uh, works and makes sense and you have the right data here. So I think this is, this is probably a bug on the front end. Um, clearly, I love the bug reports that, that are the latter and loathe the amount of work that I have to do on the former. Um, I think anyone who's worked with QA is, is very familiar with that and knows that a good QA engineer will, will dig a little bit deeper than it's just not right. Can, can I share a, a little hot tip, hot tip real quick about, about QA? Is um, if you can, if you can uh, integrate into your team the, the habit of sending reports with GIFs or videos and just like, or like even just like screen captures, it, it makes it so much better. Like th- there's still a lot of people on my team that are not like, they're, they're not web developers, you know? So they don't know. They're just like, Hey, on this page, this doesn't work. And it's like, uh, part of it is like, every time I get a, re- a bug report like that, I have to ask, Hey, you got to at least give me the URL. Like just give me the URL oh, man. and then I can go and see what you're talking about. Um, and then, and then another one is you can go to like, uh, what's my browser.org. If you're if it's like a cross browser issue, oh um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's a tool called Screenity, I think. Uh, it's a Chrome extension. I'll we'll post it in the links, but okay. that's been uh, a really cool tool um, by some girl I forget her name, but some developer on Twitter made it, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. So anyway, go ahead. yeah, so, something that we actually get on a regular basis, and I'm really grateful for is is screen capture recordings of of what's happening. Uh, sometimes the problem with those is that they're five minutes long and the, the yeah. problem is very easy to show in like three seconds. <laughs> so anyway, Ooh, the uh, worst is a really long gif because then you like <laughs> miss the important thing and then the and rest of the gif back. has to play out and there's, there's no pause. There's no go back. Like, Oh man. Yeah. yeah we we're yeah. fortunate in that we do, we do tend to get videos and a lot of our QA engineers are, are pretty good and, and, and reliably so. There, there are some that um, have generated some headaches for me this week. Um, but it, it's, it's a symptom, I think, of, of really the same issue, which is that like a lot of people in technical roles, and QA is a technical role, um, engineering much more obviously so, um, they're very comfortable just throwing spaghetti at the wall and saying, hey, this stuck and it works. Um, and this this meme of, I don't know why it works, but it works, or I don't know why it broke, I didn't change anything. Um, That's the worst. These are, these are like, it's a symptom of, I think, an attitude of, um, well, just an attitude that I would like to get rid of. Like, I, I frankly think that that is, um, something that's acceptable from like new engineers that are coming into um, a team and and looking to grow, um, and and something that uh, I see increasingly um, are are engineers, um, frankly, with more experience than I have, uh, who are really comfortable uh, just spitting some code out and saying, I don't know why it works, but it works. Merge this code. Um, if I could play devil's advocate really quick though. Oh, please I think do. There's, there's times when if I've been banging my head on this bug and even like putting in the time to like research on why this is working, like, right. It's not like I've spent four hours and just got to the solution and I just say, okay, ship it but maybe I like got to the solution and then I've actually spent another two hours of like, wait, but what if I try this or, or what if it's this configuration and just, you know, testing so many assertions and, and still coming up with nothing. Uh, I've been there and that's, that's like fair. At some point you just got to like wipe your hands and say, look, it works. I don't know why. Uh, I'll put in some comments and say like, you know, here be dragons or whatever. (laughs) Like don't touch this code. Um, so yeah. to, to that same point, we, we ran into an interesting bug that was a side effect of some configuration in Apollo that we had got 
not really wrong, but we had misunderstood the documentation, which if you read the documentation around Apollo Cache um, and setting up Apollo Cache in the initial configuration, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense until you run into this problem and then you're like, oh, that's what they mean they're going to do? I don't want them to do that. Um, so Apollo Cache in certain scenarios will make duplicate requests if you run a mutation in order to update its internal cache. We don't use Apollo Cache. We use Redux. I don't play that game. I don't understand. Like there are some people who use Apollo Cache as, um, as a caching layer and they use it the same way that I use Redux. Um, yeah, I've done that. Like power to you if that's the way you want to do it. That is like weird alien life and it freaks me out. <laughs> it is weird. It is weird. Like you feel kind of like uh, I don't know. You feel like kind of like a naughty schoolboy again. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> never mind. I mean, like a, like a school aged child doing something naughty, not like a feel like mind. a naughty schoolboy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I say things and they just sound weird, and and that I, I have to live with it. So. That's a real good one. That is a gem. And oh man, am I going to just, that's going to be, I'm going to have to use that somewhere creatively. (laughs) Sometimes you feel like a naughty schoolboy. Oh man. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So Apollo Uh, Apollo Cash does make me feel like a naughty schoolboy. And I'm like, that's just (laughs) not what I'm into. So I use Redux. Um, And for a lot of people, Redux is a dirty word. And I totally get it. Redux is not for everybody. in this particular case, the duplicate requests um, were not happening, generated anywhere from our code. Like we were running debuggers everywhere to try and just like suss out where this was happening. And it turns out it was happening in Apollo's code. And it does this uh, to update the cache, even though we had prioritized network, um, we needed to just tell it no cache, um, mm. which we we didn't do um and so you know the this took up uh lots of time to debug and, and get to the bottom of and it's it's something that like uh we could have probably pushed a fix that we didn't really know why it worked like we could have done that we could have monkey patched this but i think increasingly as you work on like software that's used by more and more users and is used at like a higher and higher level or has higher and higher stakes, like you're dealing with people's sensitive data, um, understanding why things work before you submit a PR uh, just becomes more and more important. Um, and so like if if you're listening to this and you're in a position where, you know, like you you don't know why some of the code that you write works or doesn't work. Um, this is always a learning opportunity. And so like we have the luxury uh, many times, unless you're working at an agency uh, in our work to, to kind of tinker with stuff and spend a bit of time with it. Um, that's one of the jobs of like senior engineers and uh, engineering managers is to, protect your uh, your engineers from like the constant pressure of we need to ship this, we need to ship this, we need to ship this. Because they need the time to put in code that doesn't just work, but works the right way and that they understand why it works so that if a problem comes up with it and they need to go and write, you know, a, a further patch, uh, you're able to do that confidently, Right. Yeah, and this that kind of gets into like the the concept of technical debt, right? It's like when when you're when you push out a bunch of monkey patches, uh, you start building up this technical debt, and it makes your you whatever code you build on top of that more um, fragile, right? Like yeah, big time. You you get into situations where it's too scary to change anything because you don't know if it's going to break something or not. Um, yeah. And then the other situation, well, there's two other thoughts here, right? Is is another thing is when you have a monkey patch and then you have to re-implement something similar, your, 
you know, you, that's not the only time necessarily that you're going to run into that problem. And so when you have to re-implement a similar solution and you have to copy over the code that did kind of the thing, you know, that you monkey patched over, like mm-hmm. now you've multiplied that monkey's patch. You've ripped that monkey's jacket and now he had to buy a new patch to fix his jacket, which isn't cool. Is that what you picture yeah. when you think of a monkey patch? Oh, uh, maybe it's a patch that's like a picture of a monkey, like a face of monkey. What do monkeys throw? Fits. Okay. I was going for feces, but fits <laughs> is another one, right? When I think of monkey patch, I think of a monkey pooping in its hand and patching up a hole. <laughs> That is a monkey what? patch. Oh, it's like a little construction monkey. <laughs> it's a little construction monkey. A little gibbon. <laughs> a little contractor monkey. Just uh, actually, a gibbon is not a monkey. A uh, capuchin? A gibbon? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm throwing another thing that I think is a monkey what, out there. Is a capuchin a monkey? Capuchin, yeah. Capuchin. A capuchin? Or a gibbon? Why is gibbon not a monkey? It's a, it's the, it's a great ape. Like you? Yeah. No, okay. I mean, there's five apes, right? There's gorilla, gibbon, orangutan, chimpanzee, and bonobo. And they're different. They're, they're, uh, they're, it's a different taxonomy than monkeys. So then a capuchin is a monkey then? Uh, it has the word poo in it, so... <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't know. T- today I learned that there are five great apes, and I yeah. can name g- Gorilla and apparently Gibbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonobos are um, super yeah, cool. That's, They're crazy. What? Bonobos. Gibbons? Bonobo? Yeah. They, like, they like have sex for every cause, every any sensation. They just celebrate with sex. Yeah, they Fear, create currency. Excitement. And yeah. they, they have an interesting... Actual pleasure. Like uh, cultural obligation for remuneration uh, that I've seen. Something where like um, if you give them a grape, they feel like they need to do either like some sort of favor for you or whatever. Um, Mm. And I I think they're the same. I'm not going to call them monkeys. uh, They're the same animal uh, that started when, when they did like this grape currency they started like oh. with prostitution. Oh, right. Bunch of is this the same school boys? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't heard about um, grape currency for bonobo prostitution. You know, we'll post a link if you can find it. Oh man, I don't even want to start searching for that. What am I going to see? Yeah, like the CIA is going to come after you. <sighs> yeah. Or like, this guy's got a garage full of great apes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so, yeah, we got... Let's, let's get somewhat back on topic here. That's a nice segue into back to where we were. Yes. Go from... On. Monkey Patch? Monkey Patch. This is... Yeah, so... Uh, Monkey patches, I is I hear what you're saying, and you know, I I know that this topic has a huge risk of sounding really, really gatekeepy, and so that's why I want to frame it in a very specific way, which is that like this is absolutely unacceptable behavior in some scenarios. One of those scenarios is when you are new and learning. Another one of those scenarios is when you are new to a code base, a language. Uh, a pattern, whatever, and and you're learning that, right? Like you shouldn't, you, you can't be expected to know everything about everything. Like if you bring in some new form library that like does weird stuff, um, you know, I I don't necessarily expect you to like go and learn the whole thing and 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 all of this, right? Like there there's a lot of learning involved in the work that we do, um, and and this is something that veterans in this industry know and embrace and and this is why they excel um and so that's that's what i'm saying say that 
hmm. that that makes us knowledge workers? I would say that those great ape uh, <laughs> prostitutes are are just about as knowledgeable in the work that they do. Uh, no, we're we're I still uh, laborers. Uh, the The tools that we use and the techniques that we use are digital versions of a lathe and a hacksaw and all of these different things. At the end of the day, we are building something. Um, it, isn't that the same as like a doctor or like a surgeon? No, like they have a scalpel. And Doctors whatever. are paid to take and on liability. Yeah. Surgeons are a bit different in that they are actually paid to like take action. Um, doctors to a large degree are really about taking on liability. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to bring this up again at some point. I'm this sure you will. Thing. If, if you're going to use anything in medicine as, as an example of this, uh, just, just bring it on. I know a lot about that industry and it does not work the way a lot of people think it works. What about dog treats businesses? I know about dog treat businesses. Damn. Well, I don't that know that much. All my paces. That's that's all you got. Uh, that's all, that's all the only got. place you it draw for analogies. Great apes, medicine, and dog treats. Um. So so there's an approach that I think might work um, in in cases where this is happening quite a bit, and this happens quite a lot, I think, around uh, high-pressure development scenarios. So if you're just pre-launch or you are early in a project that needs to get off the ground, these are like really higher-pressure times where you're like making decisions that matter and um, doing, doing a lot of work at, at kind of a high frequency. So this is, this is why I mentioned earlier, I think the job of like an engineering manager... Uh, or senior engineers is to kind of shield and protect uh, the other engineers on the project from the pressure to give them time to explore solutions and to make sure that they're implementing the right solution for this particular problem and not just a solution that works. Um, this is the difference between, um, I, I really think, um, high-level quality engineers and, and engineers that, um, frankly, will get lots and lots of bugs uh, reported on their code. Um, this, like I said earlier, sounds very gatekeepy, but there, there is a difference um, in the type of work that somebody does. And I, I, I work with engineers, and I'm fortunate too, that really care about what they do and they want to learn and they want to know. Um, they just don't necessarily know that they have the time uh, to do this. And so something that I'm trying to do and something that I specifically am doing with some of the QA engineers is pointing out where they have done, like they've gone above and beyond. And I, I let their manager know and I point to specific tickets and I say, hey, you know, this is uh, an example of like very actionable ticket. Uh, they've they've spent an extra couple of minutes to put some, put some information here that made it very apparent what the problem is to us. Even if it isn't apparent to them, they've, they've revealed enough information and given us what we need to know. Um, and that's super helpful and honestly helps with the velocity of the project. So project managers, uh, people who like are essentially responsible for the outcome of these things, should be paying attention to this as well, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it sounds you know getting back to not the QA engineers thing, but the mm -hmm. gatekeeping thing. I, I didn't think it sounded too gatekeeping, and and to be honest, I, I think that's a I have issues with that term sometimes. Like it's a I hot button, gets, man. People really. It's like a trigger word for some people. Yes, that's a exactly yes. It's a trigger word. And it's like, you know, it gets used in situations where I don't think it's necessarily gatekeeping. Like I, I think the, the actual, like, um, the actual behavior of gatekeeping is 
probably not a good thing and not helpful in many cases. However, I think that there's a lot of things that look like gatekeeping that aren't gatekeeping and are good. And I don't have a good example off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> but there's just some there's just some times when I'm just like, yeah, you know, like, okay, uh, like, don't call yourself a programmer unless you use Vim. Like, I think that is one of the stupidest things. Like, you're just... That that is gatekeeping, and that's just like that sort of behavior that we don't need. Like we don't need that sort of energy in the field, and you don't know what you're talking about because like, well, I've been doing so this for eight years, and you've been doing this for eight years, yeah. Yeah, and like I I don't use Vim. I mean, I've used it, but I don't want to. Do you know how to quit Vim? I do. Otherwise, I would be using it since I started for eight years. Well, I'd have you prove that you know how to quit Vim, but I wouldn't know if you were right. Yeah, you just, you know, um, you buy a new computer. You, yes, you shut it oh, down sorry. and restart it. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I think I kind of see your point in that there's a lot of uh, just opinions masquerading as gatekeeping, right? Where like... yeah. If you don't do things my way, you're not a real programmer. Uh, whereas I feel like if yeah, anybody, that... yeah, it's ridiculous. But the, you know, I have a very low bar for being a programmer. You type stuff into a computer and it does stuff. You're a programmer. Like that. That's what attracted me to being able to do this. And no matter what level you get to in that. Um, like if you want to call yourself a programmer, you are cool, good, you did it. But there is a difference between yeah. somebody who is a programmer that is, you know, building uh, some websites for their family, or like goes through and like I've I have a I have an old friend who just makes Squarespace sites, and he's a web developer. He absolutely is. He builds and develops websites for businesses for a living. Um, yeah. But he... Word, WordPress is a good example of that, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. tons of people that are building websites on WordPress, never touch a line of code, and, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, well, they're not real developers, and it's like, well, they're just, they're developers, like, they're, they're solving problems in a, using a different tool than you're using, you know, like, I don't know. You yeah. want to call it a web developer, or you want to call it something else, it doesn't, doesn't ruffle my feathers, but I also don't care if this other person is calling themselves a web developer, like doesn't impact me, you know? And I think that that's the thing. So I'm thinking back to the example, by the way, are, are we, are we going to come back to the monkey patching whys of programmings or can we go on a different? I don't care. I'll bring now? it back to it. If I feel like it, 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 it we, okay, cool. we may be done with um, it. So, so this thing that like, uh, the gatekeeping thing, right? Like that brings me back to the conversation that we had about TypeScript, mm -hmm. where you use TypeScript in the prescribed way, like the TS files and ah, yes, like yes, that, right? and CLI. And I don't. I use uh, J I use JavaScript files, and mm -hmm. I rely on JS doc blocks to provide my typing and I still use TypeScript as a CLI and everything. Mm -hmm. And it got like, to me, the impression, and I even brought it up at the time was like, Oh, it's, it's sounding kind of gatekeepy because you're saying that what I'm doing is not TypeScript. And in my opinion, like I use it, I get all of, all of the same features. I could even have like, J you can tell JS doc to like use the TypeScript language instead of like the JS doc language. And, TypeScript understands JS dog. Like, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that to me is just like splitting hairs. And at the end of the day, what it comes down to is just, it's really not even like what is TypeScript, what's not TypeScript. It's just a difference of definition or understanding between you and I, right? About like what you consider TypeScript, what I consider TypeScript and that's it. Like, and that's okay. not gatekeeping. That's just like, you're just saying, you know, based on what you define TypeScript as, no, it's clearly not because whatever, whatever things that I don't understand, but 
it's a meets the criteria or doesn't meet the criteria in your book meets the criteria in my book and you don't see like we don't see eye to eye on that and that's that's totally fine it's not gatekeeping yeah i mean the yeah you see benefit from typescript and i think so i after that conversation i thought about it domino also thought about it she's pretty upset um domino's making a lot of uh guest appearances in these she uh yeah she gets mad she gets mad um, She's got that podcast envy. <laughs> she does her own <laughs> podcast with a bunch of poodles. Um, we should just do an episode with Domino and Nugget one of these days. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be really cute. Um, yeah, yeah. So, right, I, but I, but I actually thought about it after after our conversation, and uh, I can I can see why that seems gatekeepy. But I do think that anything that gets people excited about using TypeScript in any way is good. Because the overall movement in web development, I think, should be towards using something that offers some type safety. Um, so this does bring us back to like the whys of programming, right? Something that I've oh. seen um, in the project that I'm working on right now um, that convinced me of the utility of TypeScript is being able to do massive refactors um, and having it really just work and not wondering why does it work or why doesn't it work, Mm. right? And so... Coming back full circle. And that may be part of why our project is is difficult to work in is because it requires that added TypeScript context. And there's also another deeper layer of context, which is that we are doing runtime type checking, which I don't know if we've done a full show on yet. Um, I think I'm probably okay to talk about, uh, like do a, do a show on what we've done with our, uh, using a library called run types and, and wrapping uh, like a PolygraphQL requests and asserting like, uh, we assert some type safety around the shapes of data that are returned from our API. Um, and it it frustrates the hell out of the back end because we know every time they make a change. And GraphQL offers some of this safety. Um, but if you consume it in a JavaScript front end and you get undefined or null, JavaScript doesn't really care um, unless you're using that in a way that's actually going to crash your app. We intentionally crash our app. We want it to fail. Uh, we want it to fail early so that it doesn't fail in production. Um, and so this is something that uh, we've, we've been adamant about. And so working in the space that we've created um, is a bit hostile to change in that way, in that if you start deviating from what exists in these types and you don't know to develop from the types and populate it up through the rest of the application, it makes working the application very difficult. Um, you you have to have yeah, some we, of that domain knowledge. Do a, we should do like a full show on that because that sounds that sounds interesting. It is interesting, and it's and complicated. It's, it's it might be. I don't know. Like I'm too deep in it now to know how complicated it actually is. I remember hearing about the concept initially and being like, "This sounds stupid. Why would we do this?" And now that we've done this. I'm like, Got that Kool-Aid. this is amazing, and it's it's part of the architecture that we use for all of our projects mm-hmm. going forward. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Is is that you know if if you're a, a senior engineer or an architect and you're building out systems for other engineers to work in, is is your system hostile to the engineers? Like, is the developer experience too complex for them? to actually like get work done in. Um, And this is a complaint that I hear about Redux and this is a complaint that I hear about TypeScript. And it's something that we've had to contend with directly is engineers who don't know our project coming in and having that really steep learning curve. Because even if you've worked in Redux before and even if you've worked with TypeScript before, the way that we do it is probably a little bit different because these things are really flexible. Um, And so this this is part of, you know, if you have some bug and you have fixed it and you don't know why it is fixed, uh, 
Is it a language feature that you don't understand? Is it part of the way the project is built that you don't understand? Is it a library that's being consumed that you don't understand? Is it the the core library? Is it React doing a weird thing that, or Vue doing a weird thing that you don't understand, right? Like, well, where is that? And, and I always feel like it's an opportunity to learn, but it can be really, really frustrating to like keep pushing after you've fought to, to get the bug fixed in the first place, to push it that next level farther, uh, I, I think makes for extremely valuable engineers. Yeah, there's like it, it definitely is, is good to take that extra time and a, a effort to, to, to get to the bottom of the why it works, why it doesn't work, get an understanding. Because sometimes it's even like a specification thing. Um, I'm just thinking, I don't know, the first, the first time I came across something like uh, the fact that HTML forms only send two types of requests get and post mm -hmm. and you know trying to debug like get getting to the bottom of like the why does my request like why is my form not being submitted with a delete request or a patch or a put and it's like wait like why is this working like this and eventually like landing at the bottom of uh the html specifications and seeing that oh it's just like it's just not meant to be implemented like that right uh you know? Yeah, if you land on the spec for your answer, you've done some digging. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a that was not a, a super deep one, but you know, it, the the point saying that like mm -hmm. it can it can land you in many different places: the language, the framework, the system that you're in, um, the specifications. Yeah, you're so you're actually someone I would consider an expert in an arena that a lot of people throw their hands up and it gets this treatment a lot and that's CSS where I don't know why this works but if I float it to the right it's okay and like I, I have grown to find that just as unacceptable as you know anywhere else in my code base Right, where like I just I just threw a couple of CSS properties at it and and, and I fixed it, or like I'm just going to fix CSS this with margin, and it, it's it's something that you know I think you brought it up earlier. It becomes technical debt, and especially when you're building tech debt in CSS, oh man, can that get out of control because it is built to cascade. It's in the name. Yeah, it trickles. It trickles, <laughs> or or it ripples. Or maybe it trickles and then it lands and then that ripples. So is it TSS or RSS? Trickling uh, style sheets? Yeah. Well, it's rippling bugs. That's the part that they don't tell you about. That's That feels very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of yes and no, right? Like, Actually, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about CSS is it tells you up front exactly what it does and like it's really like I don't want to say easy, but it's like simple and powerful, and the result of it is also difficult or like challenging to master. That so that I think is is the point that a lot of people don't get to is is like I think that about all programming, right? Where like the initial yeah. implementation. Like I wrote this blog post a long time ago, like a rebuke of hello world, because hello world is not how you learn anything in any programming language. Like, so I, I wrote a scraper, like a web scraper in a few different programming languages to like just get a sense for like how these differ and, and all this stuff. And it was incredibly enlightening in, in that like, I don't want to work with any of those. I'm totally fine with like TypeScript and JavaScript and it does what I needed to do. However, this is kind of the point that you're coming to, which is like, any language you can kind of pick up and uh, like wander into something functional, but it's very difficult to master and it requires lots of effort. And this is the point where I think a lot of people turn back. And I think this meme, this repeated idea that oh, it's just our day-to-day -day life. We don't know why things work. We don't really know mm. anything. This is accepting ignorance 
which I am absolutely, uh, 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 what, what is a word that describes when, when, when you hate something to its core? Um, I'm appalled by that. Loathe it? I loathe that concept. Um, that is willful ignorance and that's gross. Um, so is that gatekeepy? I don't think so. Um, I think anyone who is in this line of work signed up to learn. Um, and I was, I was saying something earlier about how I'm like, I'm done with that and I just want to be entertained. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, you know, as devil as uh, devil's advocate, is like I totally disagree with what you're saying. I mean, I, like I personally am here to learn, and I love it, and I, I like, uh, mm. I don't like having a bug and not knowing the answer to why it's a bug or why a solution worked. Um, but it's totally cool to get into this industry, uh, learn how to do some things find someone that's willing to pay you to do it and then just do it and just coast and just show up for your job and just, you know, collect a paycheck. And that's cool. Like people have other priorities, you know, do you enjoy working with those people? um, Um, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that it's challenging to work with anyone, regardless of the industry, when you're passionate about something, and the person that you have to work with is not passionate about it. I think that's frustrating, whatever the context, right? Even at like like group projects in school. So because I, you want mm, if you invest if you invest in like you care about the product that you're putting out, and the person that is also responsible for the same product doesn't care. No, 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 no. To, so you you've jumped to like this conclusion, right? You've jumped to this conclusion that a lot of people jump to early on uh, that companies take advantage of, right? And it's this passion idea, right? So me, personally, Grant, I'm not passionate about coding. I'm not. Um, I, I am a bit passionate about learning and always have been. Um, but that's like a... That's okay, a they, make your, they make your work harder, right? That's a different thing. Well, no. So you've, <laughs> you've jumped the shark a bit here and gone into like passion when all... That's not what jump the shark means, dude. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's I that episode. Jump to a conclusion. No, it's it's that episode where uh, what's his name gets on Fonzie water skis and jumps. The shark. Yeah, Fonzie, right? It's whatever. It's a stupid TV show. What, but what <laughs> you're the conclusion that you have jumped to? Yes. Whether that's with water skis over a shark or sharks. not is it's not is that I'm talking about passion and I am not talking about I'm talking about willingness. I am talking about you asked w- if I willingness. Was you asked if I enjoyed working with these people. Do you enjoy working with people, not, not who are not passionate, because that's where you went, right? You went to this, like, I'm passionate, not, and they're because, just not passionate, and you don't need to be passionate. And I agree with all of that. But there are people who are adamant and unwilling to learn and grow, and that is a problem. That's a problem. Not being passionate? Fine. I don't care. Like, dude, do this as a nine-to-five. I highly recommend doing anything but programming in your off time. It will make you a better programmer to do this. I've said this on the show before, and I agree with myself. Yeah, but the assumption is like the assumption there is if you want to be a better programmer, right? Okay. You don't have to want to be a better programmer. I think that like I think that uh, if you if you if I, if two candidates if two people like one is willing to learn learn and one is not willing to learn the one that's willing to learn is going to go further in this industry for sure. Okay, um, we definitely but, agree there. Yeah, but is there something wrong with someone that doesn't want to learn? Yes. Yeah. No. So someone who's not they willing. Got, they probably got better shit to do, man. They like they they you know what? They're they care about their whole spectrum of interests and that's what they're all about and that's what they're doing. So we're And that's okay. My my argument has always been that we're construction workers. And and here's the thing, man. We work in an industry where construction uh, approaches and tactics are always changing. And so like if you're not willing to learn to use a nail gun and you just got your hammer, you're getting left behind and you're not going to get Sweet invited hammer, onto the baby. new, you're, you're not going to get invited onto new projects. And like you're, you're, you're seriously limiting your earning potential and your career longevity. Uh, if, if you're I, yeah, unwilling to learn. I agree with that. Okay. I agree. But, but the statement, like the statement was whether it's good or bad. 
It was about right? Fonzie uh, and skis. Let's get it right. <laughs> Look, I agree. I agree that uh, learning is going to expand like your longevity in the uh, industry. It's going to probably lead you to higher paying roles, mm-hmm. uh, more interesting projects, whatever. Like there's a lot of good things that come from it. Uh, does that mean it's good versus bad? No, not necessarily. Like, uh, I mean, people that if you don't want to learn, like don't learn. Spend time doing the things that you like. Be your best self. I learned on the job, and that may be something that a- that some people like. And that that is a luxury that I have at, at my current job and have had at previous jobs. Is is where like yeah. that's something that I'm able to do, uh, and I recognize that that's a privilege of not working at an agency where they want you to like rubber stamp out a bunch of shit, um, and really just hard clock hours. Um, but I think there are a lot of roles like mine in this industry where you can do that. You can use your time. And this is, this is part of how to do it is what I've described and outlined in the show is if you don't understand why something works, don't submit that PR, dig in, figure out why it works, put, put comments in the code that says, Hey, I have to do it this way because X, Y, and Z here's a link to the documentation. Like if you look at good library code or even let's be honest, bad library code, you see comments with links to GitHub issues, with links to other libraries and specs and all sorts of stuff. Um, I see good code without any of that as well. True. But I like commented code that gives me a little bit of an explanation. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I do too. But I'm just saying, like, comments don't make good code necessarily. Um, but if you're doing something kind of wild, it's a, it's a nice thing to have that explanation. And especially if you're like, I'm doing this thing yeah, and I don't know why. Fair. Somebody else is going to run into that and they're going to be like, I don't know why this is here. I'm going to delete it. Yeah. And then you've got a regression. Yeah. Well, anyway. I love it. I love when, when you get all spicy about your opinions and I um, just have to play devil's advocate. I'm on one today. I'm passionate today yeah um we need to have a show about why passion is bad a passion is not bad and passion is how employers enslave their employees it's nasty i'm passionate about the work that i do and i clock out every day as soon as i've you know done my work for the day i think it's worse for people who are new Right. Where they feel like the only way to get hired. And I know this was true for me. Like my biggest asset is that I will do anything to get into this industry. Like I had serious motivation, desperation. And I think a lot of people are in that position and employers take advantage of it. I, I was, I was fortunate where I don't feel like I worked for anybody who took advantage of it. Um, but I know a lot of people experience that and it, it bothers me. It bothers me. And I think it comes down to like, like these job postings where they're like, we're looking for a rock star ninja, whatever coder that, you know, wants to put clean code in our code base or whatever horse shit they say. I don't know. But like, you know, yeah. that ad you've seen it and it's not aimed at us. It's aimed at somebody who thinks that that's what they need to be. Maybe. Well, I, I, I see I see fewer of those companies than I do um, companies that don't necessarily do that, that don't look like they're trying to take advantage of people. And having been in the hiring position, like I would, I definitely hired someone because they were more passionate than the other people. Um, And that's not so that I could take advantage of them for any reason. That was because I thought that um, they would do better on the team. Okay. They'd be a better fit, you know? Yeah, I think this is like a whole, this is a yeah, whole fact, conversation. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I actively like push for maintaining like good work-life balance. Like I want you to be, I want you to be passionate about your work and have fun and do it. And then at the end of the day, I want you to go home and do whatever it is that energizes you for tomorrow, whether that's spending time with your family or playing video games or writing more code. 
or whatever it is, you know. Uh, I, I encourage people, like, if I see people on Slack on the weekends and oh messaging stuff, I'm yeah. just like, look, I may have I may have sent you this message after hours because that's when I'm on and have to, like, handle this. Yeah. Do not answer that if you're not working. Like, if you're off, if you're off the clock, don't answer it. That's what Slack is for. Like, it's a, you get, you know, when you check in tomorrow or whenever, like, then get to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's a hard thing with asynchronous communication is like, it can be synchronous. And so I think a lot of people feel like yeah. they need to do that. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Now I say it because I also, I want to set the bar for them so that me saying that I don't expect you to do this way, mm-hmm. you don't expect it from me, you know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we are running pretty, pretty up on time. So right. I'm going to call it. Um, we oh, it is cooked. Yeah. The last, the last portion of the show, which generally is shout outs where <laughs> we like to, we like to give some props to, um, whoever, whatever. I thought it was just wherever. you being a naughty boy. I mean, if you want to give a shout out to me being a naughty schoolboy, naughty schoolboy, uh, or a naughty boy, a naughty boy, you know, I'm a naughty boy. Naughty boy. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, we just like to, you know, send some props around and show some love. So, uh, Grant, you got something, or you want me to go first? Oh, I got something. So, uh, um, I'm I'm at kind of a disadvantage because. You know, I've given a, a shout out to like snakes, um, and I think that worked. I, I almost ran over a snake uh, yesterday. It had just eaten. Uh, I could see it's gross. Uh, it's like a gopher snake. Um, it did not want to move off the trail. It was like I'm chilling here, dude. I'm not. I'm not moving at all. Um, so like I had to like back up and take some other path home. It was crazy. So like these shout outs, they're powerful, um, but something that uh, I don't think I've done before is th- there's a lot of shows that I like and watch. And then there are shows that I just have to watch because they are entertaining to my son. Uh, and one of those is boss baby. Um, and to be honest, I enjoy this show. Uh, and I say that after watching the entire series on Netflix, at least five times through, at least five times through, we always watch boss baby. Um, if it's not on TV and I turn on something on YouTube, uh, my son will point at the TV and say, baby, baby, until I turn it on, <laughs> um, which is adorable, but it's like That's this. That's funny. That's cute. Yeah. It's, it's a show about a, a baby who runs a baby corp whose whole purpose is to increase Dang, baby love. Your, your little baby son is like getting on his entrepreneur mentorship he, right. yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's learning to, uh, manipulate me and definitely taking lessons from this show. Uh, it works. It works. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I am going to give a shout out to a show as well that I think, um, I was turned on to by, well, so there was, they were running ads for it a long time ago. Well, not long, I don't know, a while back. And I saw it and it looked, I thought it looked so dumb. I was just not interested at all. And the show's called The Boys. And then I saw uh, Sarah Shook. She's a uh, She was on the show a while back when you guys couldn't make it. Uh, I did a little interview with her. Oh, cool. She's a Twitter friend. Uh, she was just, like, raving about it and saying, it's so good, it's so good. And then I was like, well, all right, let's, like, let's throw it on and see how it goes. And from the very first episode, like, not... I don't know, five minutes in or whatever, something, I mean, the, the, the basic, basically the whole plot of the show like starts there and mm. it hooked me and it's, I loved it. And it's, uh, it's not family friendly. There's no uh, strong language, a <laughs> lot of violence. Uh, I think there's nudity. Um, uh, so, you know, not probably not something that you want to watch with your son, but after you put him to bed, Oh, he's seen all uh, of it. If you're okay with that. Yeah. If you're okay with that sort of stuff, um, then I'd recommend it because it's it's funny and it's very entertaining and uh, it's good. I like. Oh, it. it's it's incredible and so, so something that I respect uh, without giving too much away about the show is a show that involves superheroes that 
has the cojones to make the violence realistic and not this like fantasy violence where people will, you know, you throw them into a wall and they like are just knocked out for a minute. It's like, yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's pretty excessive. It's, I would say it is realistic if people had superpowers, what kind of insane stuff would happen? Yeah. Some of it's a bit over the top, but yeah, it was good. Worth watching. I think it's uh, HBO. Oh, no, it's a, that's Amazon's own, that's Amazon Prime. That's their own property. That's one of oh, the very it? few things that they've done really, really well. They, they did that. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so that's Amazon cool. Studios. Yeah. They did really good. Uh, cool. Well, you got anything else that you want to end on? No. I got nothing. Empty head, no thoughts. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for everyone that's out there listening. Uh, if you are interested in getting in touch with us for whatever reason, uh, head over to the Function Call website, which is the fncall.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter. And we're on, like, everywhere for podcasts. So hit us up. Come say hi. All right, Grant. Uh, until next time. Until then. Later. The Function Call was edited, mixed, and mastered by Kato Zane. See her work at katonoise.com. For show notes, other episodes, and more information about the show, visit our website at thefncall.com.